0: Daily dribble and welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Sammet. Here back once again for another massive instalment after what's been quite a uh, a newsfield week. Now, one of the most exciting times of the year for any NBA or basketball fan is undoubtedly the trade deadline. With it comes a whole, essentially a whole shift in the actual landscape of the NBA, and it was no different this time around. So what I'm going to do momentarily is get into some of the notable trades that have happened over the course of the last couple of days, in particular, uh, some of the trades you know involving quickly RJ Barrett, um, OG and Obi happened you know a couple of weeks ago, and I've touched on them somewhat, but you want to shine a light on some of those notable moves over the last couple of days. There, some as I'll get into momentarily, some I'll touch on long, longer than others, some don't move the needle a whole heap, so I'll really just brush over them and. Some won't even get a mention, so please don't feel too disgruntled if there was a trade that tickled your fancy that doesn't get mentioned. Uh, before we get into it, though, guys, I'll just point out I'm kind of uh, deep in the hurt locker today on a couple of different fronts. First and foremost is if anyone's ever done the audio work before, you'll understand how difficult it is doing it with hiccups. At the moment, they're holding it at bay, but prior just to hitting record then... I was struggling quite a little bit with it. So please don't hold it against me if you hear a couple of them come out from time to time. Likewise, you might have noticed if you're watching this one on YouTube, um, sporting a bit of a uh, a darker tinge around one of the eye sockets there. I'll just come in a bit closer there. A little bit of color there. um, Copped a nice black eye during the week. And what I can only say, it's really enhanced my street credibility over the last couple of days. I feel like I've got a a much more intimidating presence walking the streets. And and to be honest, you know, it's it's something I might have to adopt going forward. So if anyone wants to ruffle me up just to uh, enhance my presence in the street, please uh, don't be shy to put a hand up. Okay, guys, let's get into it. We'll start. We won't stand on ceremony. The first move that was made that I want to touch on is the Detroit Pistons getting Simone Fantecchio and the Utah Jazz getting Kevin Knox the second a 2024 second-round pick and dra- draft rights to Gabriel Crescita. Now, this one doesn't really move the needle, so I'm not going to spend well, virtually any time on it. Um, the Pistons getting from Tecchio is not too bad a pickup. Had to give up virtually nothing to get him. Showed the little flashes there with the Utah Jazz, hopefully in a building program. Might get a little bit of opportunity to kind of showcase what he can do. But really doesn't move the needle. So therefore we'll just move on straight away. Uh, Boston received Xavier Tillman and the Memphis Grizzlies received Lamar Stevens, a 2027 second round pick and a 2030 second-round pick. With this one, I actually quite like this move for the for the Celtics. Uh, their big man stocks there in Porzingis and Horford, namely, have had a little bit of a history of injury concerns. So getting someone of Tillman's actual makeup doesn't miss many games, doesn't put up a whole heap of points. But in terms of what he can actually bring defensively in a rebounding sense, will be nothing but advantageous for them. And just bolsters, as I said, bolsters that big man stocks just a little bit more as they gear up for a big, big playoff push and championship push for that matter. So really nice pickup there. Didn't have to give up too much to get him. A couple of draft assets in the second round. Nothing to lose sleep over there. The next move, the Minnesota Timberwolves got Monte Morris. The Detroit Pistons received Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and a 20-30 second-round pick. To be honest, I, I quite like this trade for all, all parties involved. The Wolves were really seeking a, a competent backup ball handler behind Mike Conley there as their starting point guard. They get that in Morris. I think he's kind of slightly underrated of what he's actually able to do as a facilitator in handling the rock. Whilst for the Pistons, getting Milton, getting Brown Jr., who I actually quite liked in his time with the Lakers um, before moving to Minnesota there. That's not a bad pickup overall. Uh, A couple of players that they could hopefully work with, hopefully rotational players there. And again, just in a phase of, I guess, stockpiling draft assets at the moment. So getting that second round pick certainly doesn't hurt. The Toronto Raptors received Kelly O'Linick and O'Shea Gabaji, I get I get that name wrong every single time, uh, and the Utah Jazz received Otto Porto Junior and Kira Lewis Junior, um, as well as a 2024 first round pick. A couple of caveats on that one. Again, not a huge move for the Raptors. Don't really know what their movements are there in terms of getting Olenic, Um getting a little bit older there. Canadian, a, a native Canadian, should I say? Um, which is a nice little touch, but really. I don't know what their direction is. A couple of the moves they made during the deadline. um, Yeah, I, I just feel they're in disarray at the moment. They made, you know, earlier in the trade period, those moves, getting off OG, getting rid of Siakam. Uh, but bringing in an aging player like Kelly O'Linick doesn't really make a lot of sense. You'd think you'd get waived um, in the next little period. But, um, yeah, just essentially getting off Porter Jr.'s contract and Kira Lewis there as well. Now, this move tickled my fancy. The Philadelphia 76ers got buddy healed, therefore gave up to the Indiana Pacers, Marcus Morris Sr., Furken Korkmaz, and three second-round picks. Now, I've, I love this move. For Philly getting Buddy Healed, the Sixers ranked 27th in three-pointers made this season. So adding a 40% shooter with the capabilities of healed certainly helps address this. Absolutely as well. Whilst Embiid's out and looking at an extensive period on the shelves, they needed another offensive punch. And Hilde will give that to them. Big loss for the Pacers, though. Really hurts their chances, I think, of locking up a guaranteed playoff spot um, as they're in a bit of a dogfight at the minute there in that six to eight kind of logjam of teams there in the East. Really, though, for them, you know, Hilde throughout the season has expressed his... um, His desire to move on from the Pacers wasn't looking at re-signing at the end of the year, but they acquired little to nothing back in this deal, which was quite disappointing. They kind of made amends for it later on in the deadline by turning Morris and a second-round pick into Doug McDermott later in the day, so that certainly helps rectify that a little bit. He's a horrible defender, McDermott, but he can at least make three-pointers at a really respectable clip there, 44% this season, so that addresses that that loss by Hield. But, yeah, it was quite a a perplexing trade, I thought, that initial one there. Firkin Korkmaz, Marcus Morris Sr., three second-round picks, a couple of assets, which is nice, but for a player the caliber of Buddy Hield, I think they got fleeced a little bit there. Oklahoma, they received Gordon Haywood in exchange going to the Hornets. Trey Mann, oh, this this is going to get me. Trey Mann, Vasiljevich, Davis Bertand, and draft compensation there. Made the Thunder gave up very, very minimal here to acquire a piece that I think if if Hayward can stay healthy, he could offer them a very handy bump going forward to their playoff run as well. Uh, he showed capabilities both ends of the floor, in particular on the offensive end. Not only he's kind of a three tier scorer, he's got the ability still to get to the rim. With his outside stroke, the ability to sink throw, free throws, should I say, I think he's a really handy piece, and just adds a little bit of experience and leadership to what is an extremely young Thunder team there. For the Hornets, uh, they acquire a few players that just haven't really made amends on that roster, on that Thunder roster at the minute um, due to how deep they are. Trey Mann showed little parts here and there. He's probably the most likely to actually be a valuable contributor there in, and Charlotte, but yeah, not a lot there. Haywood was never part of their plans moving forward, so um, yeah, at least a little bit of draft compensation there as well. Moving ahead, the New York Knicks received a Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. In exchange, the Detroit Pistons received Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, Ryan Archie DiCano. Di and two second round picks. Again, another name that I just seem to struggle with. Not a name I have to mention too many times, um, but a name I struggle with nevertheless. I think this is a tremendous move from the Knicks. They're a team that's really competent as it stands in the East at the moment, but they're not looking to hinge on that. They're looking to continue to get better. And I think by getting Bogdanovich and Burks, they certainly do that. Gives them and really, in, in Bogdanovich, they've got a really, competent avenue to scoring again he's averaging 20 points per game on 41 percent from three helps alleviate a little bit of the scoring pressure on Brunson in particular whilst OJ and OB's out for the next couple of weeks there likewise Alec Burks obviously just another shooter who can shoot at 40 percent from three which is such such a luxury in this day and age especially the way the NBA is going more threes being put up when you've got plenty of competent shooters uh, it's going to make them a really exciting team and a real kind of dark horse going forward as well. But Detroit, it's a it's an it's a fine deal without too much excitement. You'd probably only look, only look at Quentin Grimes as the only player that offers some benefit going forward uh, in a new space. You'd hope that he might be able to develop into something a little bit more than what he is at the moment. But uh, yeah, again, Detroit just kind of offloading players at this point in time, recalibrating for hopefully a bit better of a push next year. As I said, though, love this deal for the Knicks. Good to see they're not content with where they're at and looking to make improvements, especially now you look at Philly, depending how MB goes, there might be a bit of a clearer avenue there to make a bit of a push in the East. So I love that they're going for it. The Toronto Raptors received Spencer Dinwiddie, whilst Brooklyn received Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young. Now, Dimwitty is already been waived and essentially has signed with the Lakers on a $1.5 million deal. Um, two parts to this, Raptors getting Dimwitty. Again, he was always going to get waived. Doesn't fit as part of their plans moving forward there with Manuel Quickly as their starting point guard. Offloading Schroeder and Thaddeus Young, though, it was just essentially this move was just a salary dump in hopes that they can acquire a big fish in the off-season. Their season, essentially, this year is already over, so probably a smart move in that regard. Whereas for the Nets, it's a much-for-muchness, losing Dimwitty but getting Schroeder. The only hope there is that Schroeder might be able to show a little bit more desire to be there. Dimwitty looked as if he'd checked out quite a a considerable period of time ago, to be honest. So uh, I think he'll fit quite nicely there, Schroeder, in that, off the bench roll once again. Now that Ben Simmons is back as their starting point guard, pending staying healthy, that is. Uh, it's quite a, quite a nice roster there in Brooklyn. For the Lakers, getting dimwitty, though, another competent bowl handler. Hopefully hopefully playing with LeBron AD, um, he can see that there is a bit of a pathway towards a championship with this team. It's not looking real promising at the moment there in the West for the Lakers but hopefully he can bring his best basketball to the purple and gold. Next trade is the Dallas Mavericks received PJ Washington. And the Charlotte Hornets received Graham Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first round pick. For me, I think this is another trade that works really well for all parties involved. PJ can do a little bit of everything on the offensive end in terms of scoring and being almost a tertiary facilitator behind Kyrie and Luca there. For the Hornets, they get another young player, Grant Williams, who you sometimes forget he's only 25 years old. Oh, bless me. How good's that? But that sounded good coming through the uh, the headphones there. Um Grant Williams at only 25 years old. Still think he could develop into a handy player. If not, hopefully there in Charlotte they can bolster his trade value and look to offload him in due time. And for them, just acquiring another first round pick is key at the moment, given their direction. The direction they're headed in. That is key, just acquiring those draft assets. <laughs> okay. Next trade, two to go. The Milwaukee Bucks receiving Pat Beverly. Billy getting Cameron Payne and a 2027 second round pick there. Pat Bev to the Bucks. Now, I actually quite like this. The Bucks have been struggling really, really heavily on their defensive end, in particular on the perimeter. Beverley will certainly help to address this. He's an absolute pit bull, a real dog on D, and he'll hopefully just instill a little bit of that across the, the rest of the Bucks unit. Hopefully, in addition to that, that offer valuable leadership and guidance to a team that's probably been faltering so far. They've got a new head coach in Doc Rivers there. Will things turn around, hopefully. Or maybe, maybe not, should I say. Um, but I, I actually quite like this move in adding Beverly to their roster. With the way they play, though, the only concern with Pat Bev, with the way they play, he can't be an offensive liability. And if he's going to be on the court and play valuable minutes, in particular in the playoffs, he's got to shoot the ball confidently and knock it down when it comes to him. Otherwise, this is a move that I could see probably almost being a little bit of a bust as the playoffs start. Three-team trade to end. The Phoenix Suns received Royce O'Neal and David Roddy the Brooklyn Nets received Jordan Goodwin, Cater Bates-Diop, and three second-round picks. And the Memphis Grizzlies got Utah Wantanabe and Chimsey Metu. Not too much I have to say about this one. Not too many points that actually move the needle here. Phoenix getting Bruce O'Neill's is nice. Um, Roddy showed little flashes there in that depleted Memphis team. Whilst um, for Memphis, Metu's been serviceable there in Phoenix, whilst Wat- Watanabe hopefully can actually knock down some shots for them because their scoring at the minute is dismal at best. Guys, there is some of the notable trades to happen over the last couple of days. Not too many, you'd say, that actually move the needle or alter the landscape drastically of the NBA. But Quite a few pieces that could actually play a role moving forward into the playoffs, in particular there. I probably like the Buddy Hilled one, Uh, Most alongside Bojan Bogdanovic and Alex Burks going to the Knicks. Would love to hear what you guys thought of the trade deadline. Who were the major winners and losers to come out of it? Um, As well as who might have missed a trick? Now, just to end the show, I've got a couple of moves that should have probably been made here. So I'm just going to rattle through them really, really quickly here. Um, And that'll that'll wrap us up. So these are moves that should have been made. Atlanta moving on from DeJounte Murray. Now, after his move from the Spurs out to Atlanta there, things just haven't clicked so far. Despite averaging 21 points, five rebounds, five assists this season, it just hasn't correlated with the Hawks actually making moves in the East. Now, there's been heaps and heaps of chatter. Probably He's probably been the player with the most talk surrounding them in this deadline. Seemed done and dusted that he'd be on the move. There were plenty of suitors there. The Lakers and Nets probably being two of the front runners. But he's set to sit tight now in Atlanta for the time being. Um I don't know like if at the moment where the Hawks sit, they're in the plane at the moment. Uh currently with a 24 and 29 record. Probably looking at this point, I reckon the Nets the Nets are the only team that are probably going to catch them. Looking like a playing team. But when there was value there to be got for Murray, Uh, I think they've missed a trick here. So I think definitely they should have made a move. The Clippers, moving on from PJ Tucker. Rarely do you see a player who's actively trying to get off a team and still not be traded to the extent that Tucker has been. I think they certainly could have offloaded him to another team. And finally, the Bulls. Levine, DeRozan, Vooch. Almost every single player on this roster could have been a candidate to be traded. Instead, they're going to try and push on with where they're at at the moment, this iteration of the team, and make something of this season. They certainly have been better as of late. Uh, Where things stand at the moment, another team that's probably poised to be in the plane. um, It seems very unlikely that they could catch Indiana to make the actual playoffs guaranteed, but looking like a playing team. Kind of shocking. I'm not sure if that's really where they want to operate, especially when there's players there that they could have got value for. And for me, it kind of feels a little bit. And the Bulls, somewhat similar to what the Raptors have done over the last twelve to twenty-four months, they've waited and waited and waited to pull the trigger on some of these heavy hitters they have in their roster, and their value's just gone down. Spoke extensively, if you're a long-time listener of the show, about O.J. and Pascal Siakam, um, some of those players being able to be offloaded from the Raptors and actually get quite a haul back for them. They missed their opportunity. Still got some serviceable pieces back over the course of the last month or two. But I think something similar could happen there with Chicago. They hold on to these aging players or this iteration of the roster. By the time they actually do want to pull the trigger, their value is going to dip considerably. Um, So something to be conscious of there in Chicago. I think they should have made a move. They haven't. We'll see how it plays out and if they can make any noise in the play-in, maybe the playoffs. Um, but certainly watch this space there in Chicago. Guys, there recaps another episode, a very quick one this week, just recapping some of the notable trades across the trade deadline period. We now turn our attention back to the play playoff race. It is certainly shaping up as a grandstand finish in both conferences. There's a lot of storylines still to play out. I'm pumped to say the least. Um hoping that my Lakers can somehow rectify what's been a pretty poor first half of the season. Um, I don't know if Dimwitty's the guy to turn things around, but we'll see how that one plays out too. As always, guys, really appreciate all the continued support on the show and all the social media channels. Had a lot of really high-level conversations with you guys about both the NBA and the NBL during the week, so be sure to keep it coming. Look up the Daily Dribble. Wherever you you know listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you're watching this one on YouTube and taking note of my nice black eye there, Uh, Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, as well as tuning into all those socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, just to ensure you never miss any news from both the NBA and the NBL. On the NBL, the playoffs are just about to start there, so a very exciting time of the year once again. Uh, Certainly looking forward to sinking my teeth into that one. Guys, at this stage, looking at next week, hopefully doing a mailbag episode. It's been quite a period of time since I've actually run one. So I would love to get you guys. Send in all your questions, basketball-related or non-basketball-related. Um, hit me up, as I said, on all those socials. Drop your questions, and i uh, hopefully answer them all on next week's show. I'll put some things up on the socials during the week so you can send those questions. In. Uh, but, yeah, very excited to engage with all of you then. Until next week, though, guys, have a fantastic week. Enjoy everything from the NBA and the NBL. I will talk to you all again very, very soon. And again.